racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. I tell you what, this podcast is all about Premier Racing and it doesn't get any more Premier than this Saturday night. Heats of the Nationals. It's a massive week for Greyhound Racing. A massive couple of weeks coming up, in fact, and we have got a massive episode uh, all set up, ready to distribute episode number 159. We're going to catch up with a man who is very parochial. That is uh, Peter O'Neill. He absolutely adores WA Greyhounds, everything WA. So I can't wait to chat to one of the great men in Greyhound Racing, Pete O'Neill. Uh, then we head up north to uh, to New South Wales to catch up with the Greyhound girl, Dimity Mar about uh, all of the three heats of the Nationals for the Sprinters up at Weddy Park over the weekend. So a massive podcast. Uh, we'll get the inside info as well on the Meadows. And a man who can start off with a bit of inside info is our man, Corey Smith, who is... Uh, I reckon he's chomping at the bit for this because he loves the maturity, but I reckon the Nationals would be right up there as well. Smithy, as I welcome you in. Thanks for having me along again, Jim. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably not quite as exciting for me as the maturity. When you look at the honour roll, though, there is some absolute superstars that have won it. And, obviously, uh, you're talking to Pete and, and Dimity, who will be parochial supporters. You, I, I like your use of your vocabulary there, Jim. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess I've got to cheer along the Vicks as well, being a Victorian myself. So, um these, these three heats that we've put up for the sprint are absolute crackers. To be honest, they're probably worthy of Group 1 fields in their own rights, and it's just the state heats. Mate, I'm, I'm going to be honest and put my hand up and uh, and say that with that vocabulary stretch that I've gone with today, I've had to come to you before we uh, recorded, Smithy, and I, I just wanted to double-check that I was saying it right because it's one word that sort of always gets me and I feel like I'm always doing it wrong. Hey, on, on last week's episode for the Meadows, uh, Postman Pat is hot property, um, I posed the question, is Postman Pat the most exciting dog in the country right now? And what do you think the response would have been on a poll? I think it probably would have been a resounding yes, to be honest. Uh, there might have been a few, few biased operators. but Give me a percentage. Um, what was it, sorry? Give me a percentage. Most exciting um, dog in the country right now, Postman Pat. Uh, like, that I think the poll would be? Yep. I'm going to say 90%. 90%. And your answer would be he is? Uh, he, yeah, I think he, he has to be. I don't think it's as clear a margin as probably what most of us are carrying on about, but uh, he's <laughs> as exciting as they come, Mate, to be honest. 100%. 100% say yes, he is the most exciting greyhound in the country. We didn't have a vote for uh, that he is not. So that just shows you how quickly he has announced himself because four or five months ago, he was cruising around Addington and, and tracks like that. So it is extraordinary, the uh, the turn and the revolution, I suppose, of this uh, superstar that is Postman Pat. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he does on Saturday night. Before we get into the preview, mate, if you had to pick one dog to win the Nationals right now, is it Postman Pat, or do you have one left of centre that you think might be the, the greyhound to keep an eye on? Well, you've gone with a little bit of a theme. You've gone Peter O'Neill in WA, Dimity up in uh, New South Wales, and I'm going to be a little bit biased towards Victorians. I'm going to stick with Postman Pat, but I'll tell you what, looking at these heats, there's some absolute stars going through the series. It wouldn't shock to see an Amron Boy or a Kelsey Bale or a Launch Code, Baby JC, one of those. Whoever represents Victoria, that's my tip, Jim. I'm being nice and biased. I like it. Uh, my spies tell me Kelsey Bale's going very well because she had that uh, faulting type of run where she looked as if she'd gone relatively decent recently a miss but the word was I think she was re-vetted um, a couple of weeks later it wasn't as bad as first thought and and she's been trolling the house down is what I hear 
Uh, I'm hearing, I think we might be hearing uh, from the same people that she's absolutely flying mm. and there might have been some smoke coming off her paws at a recent trial. Run of the week. Well, speaking of uh, smoke coming off the paws, I'm looking back to last Saturday night, Smithy, and I'll chat to you before we bring up the replay. A greyhound by the name of Morton. Now, three starts coming up this Saturday night. Last week it was two for two. Have you seen a greyhound make much more of an impressive start to their career? He's only a baby. He doesn't turn two until uh, the last day of the year, the 31st to the 12th uh, he was born, 2021. So he's born on New Year's Eve. Um, have you seen a dog start better? He went 29.89 debut and then comes out 10 days later and goes 29.77 and, and bet up on a good field? Yeah, honestly, not not for a little while, Jim. Uh, it's it's as good as a start you can have. Twenty nine eighty nine on debut and absolutely backed in too. So I think connections might have uh, might have had a little bit of a fill up, and then twenty nine seventy seven and five oh seven early. Uh, I know it's about to be your run of the week, and and we're spoken about Postman Pat already about he's the most exciting greyhound. But I think the most exciting stud dog is Tommy Shelby, the uh, mm. the old man of Morton, because he's, he's starting to throw some absolute rockets and Morton might be uh, the best of the lot. Off and racing and Morton jumped beautifully from box number three. Silent Bullet went out fast, but Morton's going to hit turbo early and kick away, led by three lengths settling down over Shimmer Stripe, then Silent Bullet. They're followed by Mission Apollo, Cabello, Jewberry and Hurricane Mist at the end down the back. It's Morton the leader, out by three lengths over Shimmer Stripe, four lengths away, then Silent Bullet. They're clear to Mission Apollo, then Cabello, Jewberry, and still last Hurricane Miss. But this is a one-act affair. It is all Morton turned a massive leader. And Morton, very, very impressive. Makes it two out of two. Morton so two out of two for Morton. Very impressive win. Uh, I didn't make Postman Pat the run of the week, Smithy, because if I had have done that, we would have had to rename the, the whole podcast just the Postman Pat light on, I think, because uh, it seems to be all we speak about at the moment. But I thought Morton definitely uh, a greyhound worth following. And he does step out drawn box number six on. Saturday night. Saturday's preview. Right, Saturday night racing at the uh, the Meadows. Big, big night of chasing. First race at 6.37, the last at 20 past 10. Uh, kicking off with race number one, sports bet. We let the dogs out grade seven over the, uh, the 525. Now, a new little addition to what we do here on the podcast is chat about the speed map off the top. Uh, race number one, uh, the watchdog speed map, that is. They have seven Tilly Tornado crossing to lead. I, I beg the differ. I think Miss Avenger has pace, can keep the seven wide, and, and my best bet of the night comes up here, Smithy. Number two, Shimmer Current. Uh, I thought the win was outstanding at Ballarat last time, reeling off fast sections, and three starts ago went 5.08, 30 and 14 from a wide draw, getting beat um, at the Meadows. So, if he shows that speed, there's no pace in one. The red uh, should miss the kick. The three will jump and veer up the track a little bit, Sarah Louise, with speed, and I think that'll be the cover Shimmer Current needs. So, I've marked uh, number two in race one, my best bet of the night didn't take long. Jim, I'll tell you what, uh, you didn't leave the listeners waiting all that long. It's not going to be my best bet of the night, but I, I completely agree with everything that you just said there. That 25.07 win at Ballarat was red hot. It brings that sort of form to the Meadows. I think uh, it'll be incredibly hard to beat. Race two, Top Cat Video, grade six. Uh, five and six are the expected leaders, according to the Watchdogs uh, speed map. Do you agree with that? Firstly, I think so. Raven, Nighthawk and Morton, they've been consistently splitting well and there's no speed off the rail. Yeah, the way I see it is the five will cut across and probably get to the rail first. Morton will sit outside and uh, have the race at his mercy. But the one and the two, I wouldn't discount them either. They're, they're 
pretty good animals as well. Corborn mm-hmm. Domino is probably the forgotten one. Uh, interesting to see the Tamora uh, form lines coming in here. But, um, yeah, I think Corborn Domino will be chasing in vain because Morton will go all the way. Yeah, he has been lightly raced, uh, Corborn Domino, but I know uh, they scratched him that night when he had the red. I think he was a little bit sore, and, and that really hurt Team Dalbridge because they know that he is desperate for the inside draw. And, yeah, to go from box eight in the heat of the Southern Stars against She's a Pearl at, at start number five, I think shows you the opinion they have. So I'm willing to take him for a place um, and Morton, obviously, to win. I just think he's got the uh, the upside. The, the superstar pup potentially could make it three out of three. Race number three, strong GRV Vic Bread Series final, one to four win final, 19K up for grabs here, 12,000 to the winner. Speed map, it's a bit of a battle up near the front. The two McKenna, the five shows speed, Water Wally, especially in those last couple, and also the eight. They're the expected leaders in the race. Look, I am tipping number two to get the job done, McKenna, but I think the red uh, could be the one that goes through to lead early and McKenna can just camp on the speed and from there uh, prove a little bit too good. How do you see the third? Yeah, I think the one could be a little bit of a fly uh, in the ointment. I think that's the saying. I don't know why I just rolled with it when I'm not 100% sure. But uh, McKenna's three from three. You can't dispute winning form. She's a very, very good animal. But how about Water Wally as well? 29.75. I spoke to Brendan Purcell after that run. He just said, I'd love to just tighten up that first sectional uh, with Water Wally and then I might have something here. So if, if he can get a little bit quicker than 5.15, he's going to give this race an absolute shake. But uh, McKenna on top for me. Apparently a fly in the ointment, uh, a minor irritation that spoils the success or enjoyment of something. So I think you used it appropriately there, to be honest, Star Smithy. So nice uh, again, mate. I love when you stretch that vocabulary right out. Uh, race four is my <laughs> other each way best bet of the night. Race four, number two, Little Prince. Now, speed map from the watchdog, the two, the seven, the eight, the expected leaders. I agree. I think the, uh, the red will miss the kick. I can see Little Prince bouncing to the front. If he goes to the front, four starts ago, he almost crossed from box number seven. Uh, went 5-11 to the peg. Never any doubt then blitzed through the sections. He's drawn a race that I think is well below par for a Metro event. Um, he's back in distance, so he'll stay it out stronger. And I think he leads, and he's got great stats near the inside. I, I could not push any harder. Gamble responsibly, of course. But I really, 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 really like Little Prince on the each way. No, it's a perfect map for mine as well. I'm with Little Prince too. Um, I'm not 100% sure what price we're going to get there, but uh, hopefully we're getting around that 4 or $5 mark, and then I think it's a, it's a bet in what you... It is a tough race, let's be honest, but uh, I really like the map for Little Prince. Tell you what, I noticed the class of the Greyhounds just by looking at the Watchdog speed map when you go to the first heat of the Victoria National Sprint Series. Nearly every Greyhound's off the page. Uh, there is so much speed in this, hence... I'm not tipping Amron Boy. Now, I look. I looked at the race and I thought, mate, no promise can begin, but the speed out wide, Dutch Wright, Aussie Rocks, Umberto, Landon Bale, I think they all have sufficient speed to cross Amron Boy. And at that point, he's then fifth, sixth and seventh going through the first corner. If he gets the right run, I've got no doubt he can win it. Um, and his best form where he, he bounced to the front three starts ago in Brisbane went 29.55, says he can win the race. But at a price that's going to be, I think, under even money, I just cannot take Amron Boy. To be honest, I don't know who to tip in the race. So maybe, just maybe, you lay Amron Boy. But I, I don't know if that's the right thing to do because he's an absolute superstar and I don't want to sound like our mate Mitch Abaya. No, I, I couldn't be laying Amron Boy off the red, to be honest, Jim. If, if you're saying who's the most likely winner, I'm with Amron Boy. He's used to this sort of pressure. He's an absolute top-class animal, and uh, 29.45, he's gone that twice at the Meadows. There's not too many that have done that, if any at all. Um, but if I was having a punt in the race, to be honest, I'm probably with Captain Larry. I think mm. he's, he's a big, big price uh, for a greyhound of his calibre. We've seen him. He's back in form. 
a couple of starts ago, went 29.92, beating Amron Boy, who admittedly wasn't at his best. But, um, yeah, I just think Captain Larry's going to be over the odds. There's plenty of pace drawn out wide. And if he if he gets a nice little cart through uh, on that first turn, make no promise, goes down to the rail. So this is an absolute ripper, Jim. It's a hard one to decipher, but uh, Amron Boy on top, but Captain Larry's the bet for me in the race. Yeah, that's what I look on on class. If you're just tipping the best dog in the race, it's clearly Amron Boy. But um, I just think he could end up being a dollar fifty, dollar forty. And yeah, look, I think against this opposition with so much speed out wide, uh, it could be a, a risky way of looking at it. Race six is heat two of the National Sprint Series, uh, according to the speed map. Five Baby JC, seven Launch Code will be the two leaders, and Storm Stroller right up there as well. I tend to agree. I think the four, five, and seven at the speed in the race i find it so hard to tip but i've just been taken by what baby jc's been able to do lately and i just can't help but feel she's got a heart of gold she gives 110 percent um and her win last week going 497 to the first peg is what caught my eye i thought if you do that you're gonna you're gonna cross most fields and, and then you're the runner to catch but she she is catchable i think yeah she is i i mean a lot of the time when you get a greyhound of this sort of calibre, you look for ways to get it beat. We've just done it with Amron Boy. We're doing it again, again here with Baby JC. If she goes 497 and, you know, 1760-odd down to down to the second peg, then she's going to be really hard to chase down. But she's going to cop that pressure from the outside from launch code. We've seen him go five flat at Sandown and win a group one at the Meadows subsequently after that. But I think the map dog of the race is our old mate Gary Stunon. He's got box number one. He's been drawing poorly. Transponder wants off the track. So I think mm. he'll go untouched through that first bend. And there needs to be mayhem for him to win. He, he can't really run the times that some of these have run, despite, despite his PB of 29.78. But... I just think he's the map dog of the race. He's going to be a big each-way play and uh, probably like a one-by-four, one-by-five sort of uh, place bet. You know what I reckon? Uh, I, I agree exactly what you're saying. I think he has drawn beautifully. He's a grade five, Gary Stunon. He's the only grade five in that particular heat. And of the three heats of the Nationals I'm going through, there's only two greyhounds that are coming in as fifth-grade runners, and that's Tinker Mav in race five and Gary Stunon in race number six. So that surprises me a little bit. Yeah, it does surprise me. He's won eight times at the Meadows, mm. so... Uh, I just think it's been good placement from the team there behind Gary Stunnon, Cole Brett and the team. What about uh, race number seven, Postman Patrol's box number seven? Now, there is speed, speed, speed to burn. I can't tell you who's going to lead this race because on the Watchdog speed map, they're both off the screen. So who knows where it ends? Uh, Idolise number five is just explosive early. She had a litter of pups and she's come back. Look, I- I'd say as good, if not even better. Um, her run at Hillsville on Wednesday, I think, was just the perfect tune-up for a race like this. She speared the lids, was run down by a really fast one in Deadly Rookie. But if she crosses and finds the rail, she probably... Probably brings Postman Pat straight across. Then I think from there, untouched, he wins. But keep an eye on a fire. Ed Barrett's got an uncanny uncanny knack of buying dogs and, and they improve, which she's got this one going beautifully. Uh, even dogs like Kelsey Bale, obviously she's going to be a little bit underdone for this, but you'd expect to see her run well. Zippy Tesla's going to come storming home and, and Mapunga Warrior's another who can thump home at the end. And let's not forget Tinker Norm, who was placed in the maturity. And at Hana Rico, who's been flying as well. It's a, it's a <laughs> tough race. I think I've mentioned every dog there, Smithy, but I'm with the Pat, uh, the big postman, to get the job done from box number seven. You say you mentioned every dog there, and so you bloody should, because mm. quite honestly, this is a Group 1 field. There's yep. Just about every dog in this is uh, is performed at Group 1 level. I think Afire is the only one that hasn't, and has gone 29-24 at Sandown last start. So it's uh, it's an unbelievable race. Postman Pat's obviously the headliner, but 
Uh, he's going to have to do everything everything to just absolute perfection to beat this field. Kelsey Bale's been flying. Idolise is arguably the most uh, reliable beginner in training. you got the strength of Zippy Tesla, Mapunga Warrior, and Tinker Norm, and Kelsey Bale, if she leads, she can run five-second sectionals. If she comes from behind, she's uh, arguably produced two or three of the, the runs of the decade. So um, this is an absolute cracker. I... I've got a tip postman pat on top, but um, gee whiz, I'll tell you what, I don't think you can have a pun in this race. I reckon just put the feet up and enjoy. Mm, I agree. It's going to be a cracker. Race number eight, KCR Pet Transport uh, over the 600 metres, mix four and five. This one's interesting because the speed map tells me the seven Ailey Bale is going to get an uncontested lead. I would disagree massively with that. I think Raven Parrott from box two uh, up to 600 metres went 508 at the Meadows from box one, two starts ago when leading Stout Manelli. So I reckon she can put the pressure to Ailey Bale in the early part. But I, I was just taken by Palawar King last week. I know he relies on luck, but I think over 600, he misses it bad enough that he'll just drop onto the rail. Um, and from there, will be uh, will be absolutely hard to beat with a thumping finish. So I'm with number six, Palawar King. But again, his price might end up being too short. Yeah, he might be too short for a punt, but uh, he's going to rely on a little bit of luck. He's going to get back in the field. He's a group one winner over 700 metres, and he could not have been more impressive over 600 at the Meadows last start. Jack Smith uh, doesn't mind a, a little trip down the Hume Highway, and uh, I've got to be with Palawa King. He's an absolute rocket. Race nine, the mix three and four over the 525. It's an interest, interesting mix three and four because most of the top liners are going around in the Nationals, so it's probably not the strongest uh, mix three and four you'll see. I'm going with number eight, uh, Little Tiger on top. Speed map has the one and the two holding the outside brigade out, so that probably does make it a little bit harder for Little Tiger, but I reckon his form this campaign has been nearly as good as ever. He's sort of one of those older dogs that, that just keep on giving. Uh, little Tiger for me, I think can overcome them by draw. Has been jumping pretty well at the Meadows recently, so um, if he can find the top, he's going to be hard to beat. I like race 10, number one, Serena Bale. I think I, I might have said on this podcast early days that she's going to be a group class stayer. <laughs> um, now she you said group one stayer. Don't yeah, say group class. No, you I, said group one. Hand up. I got it wrong. Um, although, who knows? Who knows? I still think she uh, she possesses... She She's funny because she possesses times and, and ability that you go, yep, she is going to end up racing at the top end. And like three starts ago at Sandown, she comes out in 5.05 and, and wins the free-for-all. Like she She's a funny dog, a hard one to catch. I'm not sure if I'll be backing her for a win, maybe more for a place here off the inside draw. But I do like her from the fence. I think the two uh, will jump and just want to use a bit of the track. He was something beat last week, Dr. Falcor and Targan Bay in three, uh, has speed and, and can stay off the rail a little bit. So I think there is going to be space for Serena Bale, but yeah, look, what do I say about her? I've got her wrong plenty of times before. Uh, it's arguably the lowest confidence race of the night for mm. me. I, I think Angela Langton will uh, go home the winner, though, either the four or the seven. That's the way I'm going. Okay, that's uh, speed map having the seven to lead. So you're hoping Osprey Warrior can cross and lead like the watchdog is suggesting. And, of course, those watchdog uh, speed maps, average, average kilometre per hour speed to the first section based on data. So there's a bit behind it. Uh, and if you do click on the uh, the watchdog form guide, that's just up in the right-hand corner of each race. And it's handy to have that, that little advantage. I don't think they've got race 11 wrong. Crystal Bale is expected to be the leader. Um, I like Gangster Paradise here. I just think you have to wait till he draws a wide trap, this dog. 
Um, he should have made the uh, Mount Gambia Cup. I think we spoke about this on the podcast. I thought he'd won. It was a photo finish. He didn't. He then came to the Meadows, and I think he won the week later. But I think the six will cross and lead. Seven will cart across, and then the eight will cart across as well. And if Gangster Paradise is up camping behind the six and seven, I'd be fairly confident that he will run them down. Jim, we're singing from the same hymn book, and that is why Gangster Paradise is my best each way play of the night. Okay. Uh, we'll get to the punters punting club, but I reckon there might be a few of uh, the fake hard-earned on Gangster Paradise singing, from the draw. Singing from the same hymn book. Can you give us a demonstration of that? Absolutely not, Jim. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying to get you to sing on air. I just want to hear what you sound <laughs> like, because you could be one of those hidden talents, and then once you release, you actually sound like Adele. I, uh, I, I can guarantee <laughs> that I do not sound like Adele and I reckon there would be a few people turning off the podcast and uh, never listening to any sort of media I do from this point forward. <laughs> Another reason for him to turn the podcast off. Uh, race 12, number two, I'm with Major Request. Now, the family love it. Uh, major Request drawn box number two and I think they'd love if you did uh, bell out a bit of meatloaf or something like that down the track as well. But I'm with Major Request. Look, I was taken by his run last time. Speed map from the Watchdoggy dog says the two and four will be out fast I agree I think major request if if he repeats what he did last Saturday night it surprised me how quick he went down the back I think he'll clear the red who who struggled to lead a race on Wednesday night if he didn't have the inside draw he wouldn't have led that so I think major request can lead and can win yeah give me a major request as well 505-3006 coming up in the last race of the night uh, another one of these Tommy Shelby pups gee he's absolutely flying but uh, yeah major request at the end of the night for me. Hopefully the get-out stakes are kind to us. Has uh, Stephen Withers got a hold of you and just sort of doing a little cashies type deal where you keep pumping up Tommy <laughs> Shelby? Or... <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I might cut this up and send it through to him. And just <laughs> you may as hey, well. Mate, do you want to, uh... <laughs> no, he, he hasn't. We, we actually have had a chat, though, about the, uh, the oh. Phoenix, the team Tommy Shelby uh, are considering buying a slot for a Tommy Shelby pump. So yeah, nice. uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I reckon that'll be a, a pretty smart way of marketing your... Uh, your up and coming stud dog. Hunters, hunting club. Tell you what, I, I like that idea. Uh, he's a smart man, Stephen Withers. He's always on the front foot, not just with training, but uh, with everything in life. He's a ripping fella. So, yeah, 20 bucks to mention, Steve, and, and you'll keep our man Smithy uh, going beautifully. Uh, race two, he'd be broke, though, wouldn't he? Because you plugged him that hard. Uh, race number one, I'm going with Tushi McCurrent. Uh, I will have. Uh, $12.50 each way, and then I'll have race uh, four, number two, Little Prince, $12.50 each way. I am pretty keen on the Little Prince to get the job done, though. Smithy, uh, chances are you're going to lose. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858, or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I never get that one right. I like how you always give it before I give my tip as well, so that uh, <laughs> probably leans to suggest that they should uh, stay away from my tips, but I'm going a little bit... Uh, a little bit different for you, Jim. Just three greyhounds. I'm going to have Ooh. 20 the win on Little Prince. Yep. I'm going Ooh. to have 20 the win on Major Request. And I'm going to have 10 the win on Gangster Paradise. I'll tell you what, we very rarely agree like this, but I am all over your selections. I agree wholeheartedly, Smithy. So uh, Saturday night could be a really memorable one or it could be a real crappy one. Hopefully it's the, uh, the first of those two. Fingers crossed, Jim, but uh, it's set to be an absolute cracking night of racing, that's for sure. Inside Info. Well, with the Nationals on our doorstep racing across Australia, we need to get some inside info from some people in the know. And up first, we've got Dimity Ma, the Greyhound Girl, part of this podcast on a pretty regular basis these days. Dim, welcome back and thank you for your time. 
No worries. I'm um yeah. Who do I send my invoice to? That I'm becoming a regular feature now. Yeah, well that's that's a bit of a concern because uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to work out where to send mine at the moment. But <laughs> so, hey, that's okay. Hey, the uh, the heats at the national sprint championship are on uh, at Wenny Park over the weekend. Uh, three heats of that. We've seen some some really good racing in New South Wales. The uh, the, the racing at Goulburn, the the Southern Stars final, I thought was was outstanding. Even though the Victorians won, which probably makes it even more enjoyable for us down uh, south of the border but uh, there was a couple of hard luck stories but before I guess we get onto that uh, we saw just in the last 24 hours or so the retirement of uh, one of the superstars of Greyhound Racing She's a Pearl what an amazing career she had oh definitely look I, I had the opportunity to watch her win the million dollar chase last year and you know, like it's probably, you know, just a bit cliche in saying it, but, you know, her and Tommy Shelby are the two fastest dogs I've ever seen live around Wentworth Park and to see her fly out from box four and that was it. She just never gave anything else a chance and the crowd roared and, yeah, I got to see her a couple other times live on that occasion and, yeah, she's just an absolute freak and um, it's a shame because I thought she was going to be one of our better hopes sort of going into this series, but... You know, it was uh, not to be, and yeah, can't wait to see a pups hit the track now one day. It's a scary thought if they could, uh, if they could be anything as good as uh, the old mum. She's a pearl. There might be a couple <laughs> of handy ones in there. Uh, just touching on the first uh, national sprint track, uh, national uh, sprint championship heat number one uh, on Saturday night, and I'm not sure if it was you or, or somebody I did listen to saying that it was fitting with simply limelight getting beaten last week. He draws uh, box number eight this particular race, but beaten by uh, win all class and there was a, a really really touching story behind that wasn't there yeah definitely look as everybody sort of up here knows um the unfortunate passing of sue barton and yeah sort of um you know brian is flying the flag for Windra all class now and bradley rogers um peter rogers son actually said you know he said i've you know never been you know more okay or, or more glad to get beat than when Windra was able to or eddie was able to get the victory last week but um you know poor old simply limelight he's got no favors out there in box eight as everyone knows he loves to get to the fence and you know there's some pretty hot dogs in this uh, this field. I think Screaming Jet was pretty much the hard luck story of the the uh, Goulburn series last week. I think his you know run was massive and he's going to be a big show from two. Everyone knows what Zipping Orlando can do. He's just a, a freak of nature but yeah, simply blind light. He'll need to find the fence as quick as he can and then yeah, hope for a bit of luck um, in the running. Who do, you, who do you tip as the dog to beat? I'm sort of leaning with uh, Screaming Jet. I just think he's the greyhound on the up and yeah, look, the uh, the run at Goulburn was massive behind Big Daddy and, and he's drawn okay. And if he can cross and get past Zipping Orlando early, which he's a, he's a decent possibility of doing, I think he might be hard to hold out. Yeah, definitely. Look, it, it's just going to be a case of how far he can get ahead of the other two. Like if Orlando and Limelight are sort of anywhere near him, you know, it, it'll be like, you know, it'll be a pretty competitive race, I think. But um, yeah, I like Screaming Jet too. He's just really hitting good form now. He's got a 29.62 PB and yeah, you can't go wrong. I love box two at Wenny, so yeah, I'm sticking with him. Heat number two is an interesting race. Six runners in that. Uh, Windra all class drawn box number seven. And you sort of get the feeling with her early pace, she, it probably doesn't really matter where she draws she can win it from anywhere um, there's there's a possibility she'll drag zipping Novak across a little bit at the start how did you how did you see race number seven playing out 
Yeah, definitely. That's how I sort of um, planned it out, that she'd give Novak a bit of a card across and that's what he'll need. You know, I'm sure Jace isn't overly pleased with box eight either, but um, a 29-47, uh, sorry, PB at the track, you know, he, he's definitely no slouch. The dog can run and, um, yeah, he'll have to try and sort of follow her across and sit on her hammer. But I like we don't share out of the one. Like I know box one can be a little bit tricky, but, um, again, another dog that's really hit in good form of late. Um, and, yeah, Father Rick, I think, is one you've always got to sort of put into the mix. You know, he, he's run a few unplacings of late, but, um, yeah, he's always sort of there whereabouts. But I think everybody will have a soft spot for Windra All Class and, you know, hoping she can um, sort of jump and run. I think that win the other day will give her a lot of confidence. And the final heat, heat number three, uh, the blue is tipped on top by a lot of punters uh, in what looks a pretty interesting race, sipping Remus. His uh, stats around uh, Wentworth Park are are very, very good. They don't get much better. Um, I I think Goulburn probably wasn't his go, to be fair. Uh, Getting back up to 520, that's where we're going to see the the best of zipping Remus. And to be honest, Dim, I, I watched his run in a heat of the Southern Stars when he beat Big Daddy, and I thought, gee... He was disappointing, and I didn't realise it was Big Daddy chasing him because I was like, how is he not just exploding after he landed in front in a 440? And then the time flashed up. I think it actually flashed up wrong, and then it turned to 24-26, which is just airborne around Goulburn. So he, I think you said last time he could be the greyhound out of New South Wales moving forward that we see a lot of down south and might be the, I guess, the, the flag flyer for New South Wales over the next 6 to 12 months. Yeah, I think personally he's definitely our biggest hope if he can get through. Look, small field's going to suit him, obviously, with the scratching of Pearl out in the eight. You know, something I think would have to go horribly wrong for him not to sort of be punching up for the lead early. Fascinate Mel, like, you know, she can jump and, you know, she may give him a little bit of trouble at the start, but if he gets any clear air, um, I think he's going to give that 29-33 a nudge on a good track. And, yeah, I really think he can go a long way, this dog. I I don't, like you said, he didn't get any luck in the the Goulburn final. And, you know, I I think two turns is where he does his best work. So small field, vacant box to his inside. Yeah, I think he's um, going to be hard to beat. In Victoria, we've just been blown away by this greyhound by the name of Postman Pat. Is the hype north of the border as big as it is south of the border? Because I posed the question to the listeners last week on one of the shows, uh, is Postman Pat the most exciting greyhound in in greyhound racing at the moment? And the results were astounding. It was 100% of the uh, the listeners that uh, that went to the poll actually said, yes, he is the most exciting greyhound in the in the country right now. Do you feel that north of the border in New South Wales? Do you do you sort of look and, and I guess follow closely what Postman Pat's been able to do in such a short period of time? Oh, like I definitely do. And I know a lot of, uh, you know, you've only got to talk to people and they know exactly who the dog is and, you know, that he's from New Zealand and um, like, as we say, the best thing since Russell Crowe to come out of New Zealand. And, um, you know, dad's already got him pegged to be one of the hopes to win the MDC. So Mm. I think... Once he does come up to Sydney, even if it's just a trial or whatever, I think that'll just intensify the hype around him once people up here have got an opportunity to see him. Because um, from all reports, you know, he's a, a beautiful dog. He's obviously, you know, got a lovely action on him and, you know, um, very competitive in every race he's in. But, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I think the fact that he is from New Zealand and you don't see a lot of that happen, it's usually our dogs going over there, not vice versa. 
So, yeah, I think um, if he can come up here and sort of do up here what he's done down in Victoria and up in Queensland, yeah, I think that'll only um, intensify. And, yeah, I think we're in a in a bit of trouble and the uh, MDC title could be going into state again. Mm, that's what I'm tipping. I'm tipping him to have one hell of a spring carnival. Hey, Tim, it was uh, fabulous once again to catch up with you. We really appreciate your insight on the, uh, the New South Wales side of the Nationals. Good luck with everything moving forward and keep kicking goals like you have been for a long time. No, lovely. Thank you for your support and to everyone out there as well. Inside Info. He picks up the collar and lead, content he can do no more. That is the uh, the great one-liner of the great man from WA that we mentioned, Pete O'Neill, who has been good enough to uh, to give out some of his time and his very busy schedule to chat about the Nationals. Pete, uh, wonderful to have you on, mate, this, this Greyhound Racing Podcast. We really do appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Always one to go on green light on, James, so pleasure and uh, looking forward to the Nationals, which uh, are only just around the corner. They are, mate. That's the main reason we've uh, we've got you on. We want to pull apart the Nationals. There's only two heats of the sprint over in uh, in WA. And look, before we, we, we chat racing, I, I want to learn a little bit about you and how you got involved into race calling and your first entrance point into Greyhound Racing. Where did it all begin for Pete O'Neill? It started for me when I was about two and a half years old, James. I was on a swing on a farm in Narragin, which is about two hours' drive east of Perth, southeast of Perth, and I was calling, I was the jockey, I was calling the Melbourne Cup, um, riding the horse brilliantly, <laughs> called the race perfectly, and always wanted to become a, a jockey. We got too tall and then thought, well, why not become a race caller? Started off in harness racing, thoroughbred racing, wasn't the best thoroughbred caller in the world, but um, I was driving back from... Uh, country trot meeting, uh, two or three hour drive uh, east of Perth and come over the hill and I heard a greyhound call with the dog's name Afro Freeway who was trained by the late Keith Harding, went on to become um, inducted into the Hall of Fame, both of them Afro Freeway and Keith Harding and uh, Craig Evans needed a backup caller for uh, greyhound racing and gave me a call and I thought I'd give it a go. took me three months to actually get through a whole race because that was just so quick compared to the harness racing. But um, now that I, I'm in the groove and I've got a couple of techniques that I use that I just love it now and uh, love the industry, love the greyhounds. I own a couple myself and, yeah, really enjoying it. From the outside looking in, mate, you can you can hear the passion in your voice. So you're obviously a bloke that loves to to really throw everything you've got at, if, at a job if you're doing it. And that, that that's pretty obvious when we listen to the way you call. Thanks for that, James. And um, you mentioned the picks up the collar and lead, so I'm showing my age now. And I've been calling for a long time when we didn't have Sky Racing, didn't have Vision, so people would listen on the radio or the wireless, as we called it back in the old days in the country. And we, as commentators, would describe exactly what was happening. So I mentioned the gum trees and the sun setting, <laughs> and you know, just picked it up one day. The the pick, the, you know, the, you watch the the handlers, and we we, as you and I do, see the handlers every time pick up the collar and lead, and just threw it out, and it's it stuck, and uh, people enjoy it, and yeah, just describing the race, and I love it. I love when my first ever feature race was back in around about '97 or '98, when a dog called Regimite who went across and won the first ever shootout in Melbourne. Um, before that, he won a WA derby, and he took on a w, uh, a Victorian dog whose name escapes me for the moment, but it was, in my mind, WA versus Victoria, and being brought up on the football, Western Australia versus Victoria, state of origin, loved it, and I've always had that passion. Um, not that I dislike the other states, but just love the WA flavour when 
we're good enough and we have dogs good enough to take on the Eastern States, which in the early days we didn't. But when we do, I think it's it's great and to be able to share that passion with our listeners and, and the viewers is something that I really enjoy. Hey, mate, it's, it's funny that I've got you on uh, a Victorian podcast when we're talking nationals. But when I, when I sat down and I thought about the nationals, I thought there is no other person, I don't reckon, in greyhound racing that is as parochial as you. Uh, and there is, there is that little bit of the old sand groper taking on the eastern seaboard. And, and I love that, too. Well, we had it a few years ago in Perth back in 2019, the Nationals, and we won both of them um, with premium share. And, and uh, the other greyhound was, his name was, I'm just trying to remember the greyhound's name, he, he won the um, the staying race, a premium share won the sprint, and the staying race went to Reedy's Runner, both trained in WA, and there were some great dogs that came across for that Nationals in 2019. and. And you get to see, you know, the good dogs that win all the time, you know, the Fernando Bales. And um, if you go back over the years, greyhounds that have won in Victoria. So Fernando Bale won in 2015 at Wentworth Park. Um, Zalia Allen won in 2013 at the Meadows, which I came across. Fabregas went down to Hobart. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on of some of the greats that have won the Nationals over the years. And Western Australia hasn't won too many of them. But that year, back in 2019, I got to call both of them. Um, we took on the best dogs from the eastern states and I really respect those on the east coast and the CWA dogs be able to stand up on the big stage even though it was on our home track I think it's really important for the WA industry and we seem to have grown since then and we've got some really good dogs now that are travelling around Australia and doing really well. Uh, Elite Machine won the recent Brisbane Cup and of course we saw Tommy Shelby a couple of years do the tour around Australia and be very successful. You see a WA Greyhound in the, the form guide coming over to the Eastern Seaboard and you do sort of just cringe because you know the quality, you know the racing over there is absolutely red hot and that's a, a credit to uh, to the whole team over there at Greyhounds WA. Just a couple of quick fire questions. The best track that you've ever been to, Peter? The best track I've been to is probably Sandown. Love Sandown. Um, just the shape of the track. The old Cannington track I used to really love but now that that's been buried... Um, I'd probably say Sandown. Best dog you've ever seen? Miata or Rapid Journey. So I never called Rapid Journey, but I saw him win the 1998 Nationals across here in Perth, and he actually defeated Reggie Might, who was my favourite dog at the time, um, and he was a freak. We probably didn't see him for long enough, Rapid Journey, but the best greyhound that I've called would be Miata. Best food at a track. What would be the best food you've ever had at a racetrack, a greyhound track? Uh, apple crumble. Where Down at Mandra, we had apple crumble <laughs> and they actually took it off the menu because I would talk about it too much before the actual races and a couple of punters thought that I should be talking about the form and not the apple crumble. I could have just imagined, Pete, the old days before there was Sky Racing, I could imagine you saying, and Peter O'Neill picks up the apple crumble, content he can do no more. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. Apple crumble with a bit of custard. Hey, let's swig our attention now. Let's straighten this up a little bit to the, uh, the national championship heats. There's only two of them in in WA, but uh, I, I've spoke to Dimity Ma from New South Wales. Got a little bit of a gauge on on their stars. How do we how do we see the first heat race number six on the program? Favorite, honestly, two ahead of Solidified, who was tremendous winning last time, but can be a little bit hit or miss. How did you see race number six playing out? 
I thought, honestly, Tsu would be the hardest to beat. He's been racing in the top echelon over here since coming across from the east in the care of Adam Smith, and who, of course, travelled. You would have seen him with Vice Grip a couple of years ago. Um, this Greyhound, she's won 8 of 13 over the distance. She's got a 29.68 personal best, and they don't run too much quicker than that. Granite Song's an old stager who's won three of his last four. Diane Carmody took over the collar and lead from her late husband, John, who passed away earlier in the year, and it would be great for... Diane to be able to travel across to Victoria. John did it a number of times representing Western Australia. I think those two are the main two in it. Jimmy's decisions, well drawn, solidified a greyhound that has been racing probably in easier company and I think that he'll be up against uh, the ones drawn on his inside. What about Electrified in heat number two is the favourite drawn box number seven, but I think there's there's no doubting the fact he would be better drawn near the inside. If he finds the fence, he is an absolute machine for Crystal Shinners. It's just a, a tricky draw for him to overcome. It is a tricky draw in saying that uh, Barbecue Man might be able to bring him across. We have mm. seen uh, Electrified win from wide draws. He's actually won six of ten from boxes seven and eight, so his record from out wide is not too bad. He's, he's won over $300,000 for Crystal and Steve Shinner, so he's a very, very talented chaser. He went up to Brisbane recently, um, and there's no elite machine. He went amiss last week, so he probably gets his chance on Saturday night, and I'm gonna, going to be tipping him on top. I think Barbecue Man is a young greyhound that's already won 7 of 18. He has a 29.68 personal best, and I think he's going to be the, the hardest to beat. And then there's one of Tommy Shelby's young pups in Flying Frida, she has been flying over the 600 metres recently. She drops back to the 520, and I think that's a real plus for her. She's yet to turn two years of age. doesn't turn two until August. She's already won over $50,000 in prize money. And I spoke with um, the owner of Tommy Shelby and Steve Withers during the week, and he's thinking about purchasing a slot for the Phoenix, and uh, he would love to have one of um, Tommy Shelby's progeny, like Flying Frida, representing uh, Western Australia in the Nationals in a couple of weeks. Mm, Corey Smith did mention that off the top of the show too, that uh, there is a bit of an interest from Steve Withers and he's a, he's, a, he's a very smart man and that's very, very good thinking, very forward thinking. If there was one greyhound from this particular series that you would think that would be best to fly the flag for WA coming over to Victoria in the Nationals, who would it be? I think it would be Electrified. We haven't seen Electrified since early July, and that was over in Queensland. He's a very, very talented chaser, a very quick greyhound. And I just think without Elite Machine in this series, um, I, think Electri- I think Elite Machine could have taken it right up to the Eastern States greyhounds. I feel that maybe only Electrified is a greyhound that would be able to fly the flag and uh, be really competitive against the best from Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland. And, mate, as I let you go, Pete, uh, would there be a couple of greyhounds that we should be following? I know you see a lot of racing in, in WA. There's probably not as much racing as we see over here in Victoria. So are there are a couple that you've seen when you've been calling that you think could end up being really, really nice greyhounds or we can make a little bit on the punt following them over the next few starts? I'm not sure whether you'll uh, make it on the punt here unless he makes it to the national final. There's a young dog by the name of King Tommy, so he's a little brother to uh, Flying Frida, yet to turn two years of age. He had his first start over the 7.15, so keeping in mind he's not two yet, had his first start over the 715 metres last week, went 41.84, We haven't, and it was on a wet track. Not too many dogs over here in Western Australia, except for maybe Couch Surfer, have been able to break the 42 seconds recently. And he's a young pup on the rise. And if he does defeat Couch Surfer out 
and will have one off final for the distance next Wednesday. If he does defeat Couchsurfer, he's one to watch when he comes across to Victoria. I knew you would let me down, Pete. Wonderful to have a chat to you, mate. Really appreciate your time. Good luck with everything moving forward. Keep on calling those winners home at uh, Cannington. And, yeah, keep going with that content. Uh, they can do no more because I tell you now, whenever I speak to anyone and they mention Pete O'Neill, that's the first thing that comes to their mind. So keep doing what you're doing, mate. We love your work. Good to be on the program, and I'm actually coming across for the national final, so hopefully catch up with you there and have a, a little beverage. That sounds like a very good plan. Thank you very much, Peter. Good on you, buddy. Inside Info. Well, we've done a little bit of a loop around the nation, got all of the inside info everywhere else bar on our uh, back doorstep, and now it's time to chat to a favourite on the podcast, Danny Gibbons, normally jumping off the top rope. Maybe not so now with a couple of back injuries, but he's been good enough to take our call. Gibbo, welcome back, mate. All right, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. Uh, let's talk Kelsey Bale. Let's not beat around the bush. Uh, she seemingly went amiss last time when uh, when just hammering through the marks on the 8th of July. She copped a 28-day stand down. Uh, she has then gone to the vets to prove there was effectively nothing wrong with her, and I've had some spies tell me that she's been trialling very, very nicely. Can you tell me a little bit more about Kelsey? Uh, yeah, she is going really nice. I, I know who your spy is too. It might be Corey Smith. <laughs> yeah, she trialled really well at Geelong two weeks ago, like the best time she's ever ran at Geelong. Wow. And then um, the Meadows Monday, yeah, she flew through the first two splits again and she seems to be pulling up perfectly fine. So we're happy to um, throw her in and hopefully she goes all right. What were the thoughts uh, when she did go around at the Meadows last time around? And she, she had them uh, done to a dinner. Um, and then looked like she, she just wasn't able to stretch out at all. And obviously you found a couple of little issues, but you're able to get over them quickly and, and bring her back. So you must be pumped about that. But, yeah, firstly, what was it like watching her? Because uh, I think you had a sore back at the time and you would have been tuning in. No, I was actually – I was there. I don't ever – the only time I missed her was when she went to Queensland. But um, I seen her pulling up, coming like to the boxes, and I just had a sickening feeling in my stomach. And I thought, no, nah, she's done something bad here. Mm. And – um. Yeah, I kind of ra- almost ran back to the kitchen pen to figure out what it was. And when I got back there, she was cramped up real bad in both back muscles and holding her back leg up. So I thought she was in a world of trouble. But um, it turned out it wasn't really as bad as what we first thought. Mm, that's 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 a massive relief, mate. You, you said she's trolled nearly as quick as she ever has in her last two. So the watchdog have marked her at, at seven bucks. That's I know she's against Postman Pat, but, but that's a probably a pretty generous price by the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, do I get a $50 thing for Punders Punning Club or what? Oh, what would you do with your $50? I, I've, got a, I've got a good tip for you. Yeah, what is it? Put the whole 50 and multiply it on Kelsey. You're that confident, are you, <laughs> Yibbo? I like that. Uh, hey, chances are you're going to lose, though. Uh, call Gamblers at yeah. 1800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I didn't really get that out, but that's all right, mate. No, so I like that. A bit of confidence from uh, Team Kelsey Bale. Hey, she'll she'll run a massive race because we, we know her ability. What about the other runner that you've got in? Probably, I think, fair to say, maybe just making up the numbers in race 10 because of the draw, but uh, that's Winnington Bale. But in saying that, he's, he's just a placing. King, this boy, and I look, he's a favorite of mine because you can you can often get a nice little place price on him, and he'll often run very well. You know, he does well in town, he uh, he just kind of get needs to get his way to the rail and kind of follow the few leaders around, and he's always with a chance the last 50 meters if he can find the rail. Have you got any nice young stock in the kennel that would be worth following? Uh, yeah, I do, but they're still a fair way off. I can't tell you who they are, but. The, the owner's pretty decent. He's a good bloke. Oh, okay. Uh, we got, we're not, not named yet, or? 
No, I don't think their name, no. Ah, there you go. We'll leave it at that. Uh, it's up to the spies to try and work it out from there. Hey, Gibbo, appreciate your time, mate. Good luck with Saturday night. We hope the uh, the Queen can come back to Melbourne and, and run a very, very big race. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Well, that's it. That wraps up a bumper episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've travelled right around the great nation, got plenty of inside info, and I tell you what, I, I love the story from Pete O'Neill about the apple crumble. That'll go down as one of the all-time faves. Until next time, punters, good luck with everything over the weekend and happy punting. What are you really gambling with? Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free confidential support.